It is Cody and Sydney here again, and today we're talking about quarantine. Yay! No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, today we're, we're getting into it. Actually, there are some yays to quarantine. It's not all bad. The reasoning, of course, is not the best, but there's some positive to look forward to during all this. We're going to try to talk about that today. Oh, first of all, thanks for coming back and listening to another podcast. Um, don't forget that we're putting these out currently every other week on Wednesdays. Um, but we're actually looking at October of doing an every week October, bringing all kinds of spooky content to you. So stay tuned for that, guys. Let's just dive right on into it. It's It's been crazy. I feel like everyone has had different experiences with this. So that's why me and Sydney are going to kind of sit down and compare our experiences, see how we've both been feeling. And we encourage you guys to let us know how you've been feeling too. So let's start with expectations. I feel like at the beginning of quarantine, you all you saw when you would get on like Instagram is like, let's learn a new language. This is the time to like do write a book, everything, <laughs> like everything you've wanted to do, do it. You have all the time in the world now. No excuses. Yes. The no excuses part was what really was getting, getting to me. Like, mm-hmm. Um, what about the excuse of we're living in a pandemic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the entire time I would see those, I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to learn a new language. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do any of that because we should try to be as kind to ourselves as possible, even mm-hmm. though that feels hard sometimes. And it's hard to remind yourself of that, <clears throat> to be kind to yourself, even when you have all the time in the world, apparently. Mm-hmm. When I actually... I enjoyed not doing anything for a mm-hmm. while. And like the thought of doing stuff was very daunting to me. It invoked more anxiety in me to try to get myself to get up and be super productive or yeah. write something or do something. I did not want to. I actually really, really enjoyed not doing anything for a while and having no expectations like on myself. Yeah, like I I was still in school when quarantine hit and I'm a writer. I'm in a creative writing program and we still had final workshop due. And I was like, I just can't do it. I just, even though I normally would be doing this, I just can't do it. So I just submitted something that I had written previously and just kind of edited it because I, would, I just couldn't mm-hmm. bring myself to sit down and, and write for some reason. Yeah. And that was okay. Like nobody... Nobody came clawing through the door (laughs) to attack me because I'm not utilizing all of this supposed time that we have. Yeah. Well, I feel like shortly after the wave of use this time to do things, there was also the post that came out about how your your brain's not functioning to its full capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going into like survival mode. We're in a traumatic state of mind right now. And whether you even realize it or not, because I didn't think about that. I didn't realize that. Like, I'm not struggling necessarily to survive, so my brain must be fine. But Mm -hmm. apparently it doesn't work like that. It doesn't really matter. Um, Whenever the world gets to this state, it automatically just kind of stifles your brain a little bit. Yeah. I had a lot of students coming to me saying that they had more work now that they were in quarantine. Their teachers were giving them more work during the week. Oh, no. Um. One thing that I would do was I would – so I would set them up on Monday. I would get their assignment up on Monday, and and then they had all week to do it. If they needed more time, that's fine. And that's usually my policy as a teacher in general. Like, mm-hmm. get it to me when you can. Life is hard. And now life is even harder because you all had to move home. I don't know what your home situations are like. I don't know. And not that it's any of my business, It's mm-hmm. but it's – difficult for a lot of students and some students have no internet access Mm -hmm. from home so a lot of my assignments were like I set up oh um color this page and send it back to me for extra credit or here's a thread of our pets like submit a picture of your pet for just for fun like (laughs) and say something about them and I've submitted a couple pictures of my pets and they seem to have liked that like it was a safe space to go to Mm -hmm. and 
interact with and I was like I'm available to you 24/7 if you need if you need help when I'm not answering your email here's my phone number like yeah. which is something I normally would never do but I and a lot of students did utilize that which surprised me I didn't think <laughs> that they would text my phone but they yeah. they were like I'm struggling with this please Aww. help but I was like I got you because even just having like one person understand that life is different now was I think immensely helpful to them and like at the end I go through and obviously like track like mm-hmm. who has turned stuff in and who hasn't and I was like I'm not gonna judge if you don't have something turned in turn it in full, full points doesn't matter the reason doesn't matter if it was before or after quarantine I will not judge you go ahead and turn it in mm-hmm. and I got a lot of people turning stuff in of course there's always somebody who just doesn't care or they they're just not they just can't do it yeah. they just can't and that's okay well, and I feel like those other teachers and other classes that are pushing them to do more and more, they're, they're just going to get burnt out. Like Those aren't the teachers that they're going to reach out to. They're going to do probably even less of the work. And I think, again, it's really unfair to say, what else are you doing and expect them to do more? Mm-hmm. That's just really toxic like in our world anyway. But if you have time, you should be doing something. You don't always need to be doing something. I feel like we shame people for not doing things, but I don't think that's a very healthy environment for anyone Mm -hmm. to live in to expect that I've got a little bit of free time. I better do something. Like, I think it's really healthy to just relax, take some time to yourself sometimes, Um, especially again, like at the beginning of this, we couldn't find toilet paper. Going to the grocery store was super daunting. Like, I mean, it still is to an extent, but... It was all super unknown territory. It was just crazy. And I think that in a world where we can't even get the supplies that we feel like we need, in some communities couldn't get the things that they needed. And then to say, but you have time, do more things. Mm-hmm. Like that's just that's not a healthy environment. Yeah. Like I was afraid to go to the store because I've, I'm already afraid to go to the store just in <laughs> yeah. general, but... I was afraid I would go to the store and somebody would try to be aggressive with me. Mm -hmm. I remember like right when quarantine started, I went, I went to the store and was waiting in a long line. It was fine. I don't mind waiting. I could be patient. And an an older gentleman walked up to me and just would not stop talking to me and like Mm -hmm. getting too close to me and um, talking about how stupid this all is. And I was just, I was just not in the mood like I already don't want to go to the store but now you're heightening this anxiety but there was a a woman with her husband or her partner whoever and it made me feel better because she kept like looking looking back to make Mm. sure I was okay and I was like that's good yeah it made me feel really comfortable it was just like that one handout to like recognize that like we're still people even though we're like fighting over toilet paper that really like made me feel okay about being in that location because otherwise I probably would have just tucked my cart into a corner and left yeah because like I've done that before pre-quarantine like going to a store I'm like I can't do this I can't go to mm-hmm. check out for some reason like so I'll just leave my thing sorry yeah I remember the first time I went to the grocery store because at first like I didn't go anywhere at all and I would get panicky sometimes just in the grocery store in general especially mm-hmm. if it was crowded there was a lot of stuff going on like I would just start to feel super overwhelmed the first time that I went grocery shopping during the pandemic and actually like went out and saw people and seeing everyone in their masks and seeing like empty shelves and like just the whole situation made me like just realize this this is actually happening and freaked me out Mm -hmm. it totally freaked me out And yeah, it was like my first real realization of, yeah, this is real. Like I've been cooped up in my house. Of course, I've been seeing the news and all that. But to actually go out and see how different the world was, was hard to deal with. And um, yeah, speaking of people (laughs) talking about how how it's crap and stuff like that, Brad and I went to Trader Joe's one time and... A guy, like we were waiting outside and in the line. Um, they've been really good about keeping a distance line and mm-hmm. all that stuff. A guy parked his truck and got out and yelled at us and said, are you serious? You guys are really all going to wait out here like this. You guys are really all going to wear your masks in there. And we were a little bit further back in line, thank goodness. Otherwise, I probably would have like 
panicked a little bit. But everyone in the front line was just like, yeah, we are. And then a worker came up and was like, sir, you're going to have to leave. And he was like, this is crap. And everyone was just like, this is what's happening now. And yeah, having those people accept that and tell him like, this is just what's happening now. And you're in the wrong here. made me feel like a sense of comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though we were all standing outside in line, all wearing masks. And there was a guy yelling at us, knowing like we're all kind of in and together, I mm-hmm. guess, it really did give me a sense of comfort in that situation that otherwise would have totally freaked me out. I probably would have left and been like, I'm not dealing with this. The number of public freakout videos I've seen is astronomical. It's ridiculous. I, I feel like before people wanted to go to retail stores and just be cranky because they wanted to. And now there's like a reason, I guess, for yeah. them to go and want to yell at people. An actual thing to yell about. Yeah, that... It's not that hard. Just put a mask on. It's not that hard. I like I like them. I think mm-hmm. they're cute. People can't see me uh, mumbling <laughs> at them when I'm out in public. It, yeah. It's like for somebody with anxiety, it kind of is like a blocker of mm-hmm. like the world. Yeah. I always used to feel like I would have to put on a smiley face or like look friendly to people. And now it doesn't matter because I can't see my face anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like I have to put on a show to show that like I'm not – a mean person because mm-hmm. like if I'm not actively smiling I look kind of a jerk <laughs> like my face just isn't pleasant face if I'm not like trying to look happy and like I've had people tell me before like you look mean like are you okay and I'm like I'm just not smiling so then I just had it in my head that I need to smile everywhere people think I'm mean I don't have to worry about that now because no one sees most of my face so it's kind of nice yeah and that kind of brings me to the subject of like self-reflection I'm <clears throat> able to reflect on like a blank face or like um just like a neutral expression Mm -hmm. it's it's okay also it's helped me stop saying sorry so much in public because nobody can see my mouth so Mm -hmm. i speak less so if i'm in somebody's way i'm not so immediately to scurry out of the way and say Mm -hmm. sorry like i'm in a way here you're taking forever at the freaking peppers (laughs) like hurry up i don't want to get near you but i'd also don't want to go to the other section of the store yet but yeah, it's helped me say I'm sorry less. Yeah. Um, which is, is something I was working on before quarantine. It's helped especially now because nobody can yeah. see my mouth. So I'm not going to speak. I'm it's not like gonna a mumble constant it. reminder on your face that like you don't need to because nobody can see anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's made it's going out in public is still uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. wearing the mask makes it makes the added anxiety of the pandemic a little bit easier, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Are you going out pretty, or not, I guess not pretty often, but are you going out often? Like, I probably, probably only go out in the world a couple times a month now. It's usually doctor appointments or something like that, but. Yeah, I'm trying to think how often we go out. Because Brad even does our grocery shopping for me now. Unless I specifically need something that I can't describe to him or something. It's usually just him doing the grocery shoppings. We're trying to like, you know, reduce the amount of people going out and whatnot. And because I get super panicky and he doesn't, so. (laughs) Yeah, I I usually do the grocery shopping because Charlie works. So he Mm -hmm, has to go mm -hmm. into work. So I'll do all of that kind of stuff since I'm just at home waiting for school to start. But we're trying to do a thing where we go to the park every week because it's just like we went last Wednesday to the skate park and he skateboarded and I just kind of sat on the grass and read and Mm -hmm. I was like we should do this every week because we when we're on the way home I felt so much happier than I had in such a long time because we were outside we were in Mm -hmm. the sun um and especially while it's nice out like this, before mm-hmm. we know it, it's going to be winter again. And yes. that's going to be awful. I am not looking forward to being quarantined in wintertime. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, there's not as many nice days where you can go outside and have some sunshine and just ground yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. We we need to do that more. We yeah. were pretty good about that in the beginning of quarantine. Like we would try to go for a walk just even like around the neighborhood or something something to get out and then we got kind of stuck in a rut of not doing anything and we got yeah it's very stagnant you can tell yeah I feel like I can break up mine and Charlie's quarantine into like two halves there's the half where we and I feel like we can break it almost into like before and after he went to work during Mm -hmm. the quarantine even though he's not quarantined anymore I guess Mm -hmm. but before we were so like 
I was reading a ton of books. Like I read probably 20 books. Wow. And we played a lot of video games together because new video game was coming out mm-hmm. and we wanted to play all of the Resident Evils. So we were constantly playing video games together. And we even did an outdoor project. We have a stock tank pool mm-hmm. and we made a little, made it, made it nicer, like did a little retaining wall around it. And then he went back to work and it just like kind of all stopped. I feel like I don't do anything anymore. <laughs> Big Brother premiered on Wednesday and I, I legitimately was like, wow, I haven't felt this excited about something <laughs> or like this happy in months like it was I was like yes finally something to look forward to like something I love is happening something to get me out of my own head I can only imagine how much worse it is with you not working right now and and him going to work so like it's not like you guys have a thing to do together anymore Mm -hmm. and it's hard to get yourself to get motivated to do things on your own sometimes yeah and then Midnight Sun came out, the new Twilight mm-hmm. book. Oh my god, that was it was so exciting to like have that to look I forward need to. to. Read that. It's so good. You can borrow it when I'm done Ooh, if you want. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's really so fun. It's it, and that's what I love about it is like it's not the serious book. It's just for fun yeah. and. And that goes back to the like expectations, like oh, I should read all of these books that have been on my book list for forever, but instead I bought books that were like Twilight. I read the Hannibal Lecter books. Mm -hmm. Those are so fun. And the movies are actually really close. Well, the Red Dragon one is. That's the only one I've read so far. And I'm trying to read books that are, that movies I've seen are based off Mm -hmm. of. So like I'm reading Shutter Island as well. Ooh. Which is also really good. I bet. Yeah. I'll bring you a bunch of books if you want. (laughs) Cool. I need to start reading more again. I read like a couple little books they were kind of like motivation-y type books mm-hmm. and then i was like i'm gonna get into reading again and then i think i just got a book that wasn't super interesting and then i couldn't pay attention my mind kept wandering it was all over the place so then i kind of quit again <laughs> yeah and that's how that's what happened to me like i'm a huge binge reader mm-hmm. and then i'll get to a book that i'm like i'm actually not that excited about this and the that book was Lord of the Rings, and I feel so bad <laughs> saying that, but I got to Lord of the Rings, and I was just like, I just don't feel like reading this right now, and then yeah. I got into my head that I'd bought the book, so I have to read it, so it stunted all of my other mm-hmm. books I wanted to read, so I'm I'm really trying to get back into it, but again, like, I'm just in a headspace where I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Like, the thought of cleaning our house, of doing anything like that makes me want to not do it even more. And, yeah. and then it's just like a, a cycle of, oh, well, I should be cleaning my house. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And then I just start feeling really bad about myself for not doing those things. It's all the, you should be doing this and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did pretty good about stuff like that at first. And then I burned myself out on it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm keeping the house so clean. I'm sweeping all the time, and especially because I am working from home. So if I was just on a call that I could just listen to, um, I would be sweeping or cleaning. And I'm like, wow, this is great. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That was also exhausting to be working at home, but then also feeling like I had to constantly keep up with the home. And the lines got real blurred between what was work and what was being at home and it got kind of stressful mm-hmm. and I felt like well, while I'm working, I need to be doing chores because I'm home. So why not? And then I was just be, I would be so stressed out yeah. and my desk and everything for work is in the, basically in the living room right now. It's like in our technically dining room, which mm-hmm. is basically connected to our living room. Constantly a reminder of work all of the time. It's like the work home boundaries got really blurred and it was kind of tough at first. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about with going back to school because I'm about to start my thesis. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was so adamant about making our our game room into an office for me and just moving the game room to the front room because I, I need a space where I can go to work on my thesis, to teach my students, where when I leave that space, I can separate it. And when I enter that space, I know this is what I have to be mm-hmm. working on because I'm really anxious about my thesis. Oh, I, bet. I, yeah. I haven't, obviously I've never written one before and I'm especially anxious because I can't meet with my mentors oh, in person. Yeah. So, and I can't, 
like ha- like usually when I go to school, it's like, okay, now I'm in school headspace. Now mm-hmm. I'm in my office. Now I'm in the classroom and I can focus on these things. But being at home, I'm like, I just want to read fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really nervous for that. But I am excited about getting to decorate my own space in our house because I haven't done that before. So having a space that is That's fun directly mine, I'm like really looking forward to yeah. it. And I think having little things to look forward to in quarantine is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's just midnight sun or big brother or something. Yeah. Something, yeah. It takes you out of like the day to day just trying to get through what's mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I'd found that started to kind of help because it's been a while now that I've been working from home and um, since March and it was really hard for me to get into a new routine mm-hmm. and there was constantly an expectation of well we might go back into work soon we might go back into work soon so trying to get into a new routine also felt like well I shouldn't get used to working at home because I'm going to go back soon and like it was stuck between this I can't have my old routine because I'm not going in, but I don't want to like get too comfortable with a new routine because then I'm going to have to start going back into the office and that's going to be a big shift mm-hmm. to get your home routine and then just go right back to the office routine. And that was really tough. And now that they've finally kind of said, we're not going to go back for a while. We just know that we're not right now. So I finally feel like I got comfortable with, okay, this is the new normal. But until I had that feeling it was a really tough like in-between place. Yeah, yeah. What you said about making a routine, but you don't know what's going to happen day to day has been really, really hard. So Charlie has gone back to work. So every day he goes in, he's there, but every day he comes home and he's like, well, we might not go back. Well, we might not do this. We might not do that. It's hard. It's really hard. Every day we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if he's going to have a job next week. We don't know what's going to happen. And when I was waiting for school to come back, I was like, I don't know if we're going to go back in person. So I don't know how to plan for Mm -hmm. the future. Like I don't know, because I don't want to start lesson planning and I don't want to start because you might have to change it all. Exactly. And, and also like, I don't know how to picture it in my mind. Yeah. Like, do you do that? You can't set your own expectations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know what, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if my anxiety needs to set a picture of what I think will happen. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Nothing has, I've never related to anything more. <laughs> I'm not good at, we'll just see what happens and it'll be fine. I need to think about, like, I need to picture myself going into the school and what I think it's going to be like and who I think I might see and what I'm going to bring with me. Like, I need to know that stuff. And if I start to picture myself going in, and then I'm told that I'm not, and I haven't thought of that other way, it kills me. But also trying to think of, well, it might be this, it might be that, my brain just doesn't like it. Yeah, and I'm also, like, happy about it because I'm not a big lover of people. Yeah. I just, (laughs) like, the idea of going into the office and the office is kind of like an open office. It's not cubicles cubicles yeah right yeah. okay yeah it's not like that it's like open seating and like uh-huh. desks everywhere so I'm like oh thank god I don't have to see any of these yeah. people that I have to force myself to like even though I don't really care yeah I don't care so I I feel the same like I'm not a big people person and I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times a lot of the conversations that I have my anxiety just goes nuts mm-hmm. like I'm just assuming that I'm saying something dumb I'm assuming that they don't actually want to talk to me, like just all that stuff. And it's not always even like the actual person. It's also just me constantly in my head about what I'm saying. But I actually found that after a little while, I kind of missed certain small talk to a, to an extent that I never thought I would before. Because mm-hmm. even just day-to-day events, like I would go into the office and could say – just little things like oh this is what happened today that's annoying or this happened to me and that's that sucked or this cool thing happened Mm -hmm. and like just like the little stuff and I found that after a few months I wasn't talking to anybody about any of that stuff Mm -hmm. so like eventually all those little annoyances and all those little inconveniences or even the happy moments Mm -hmm. I wasn't sharing with anybody and then I actually started weighing on me a lot and all those little things built up and I ended up getting way more upset about everything than I should have been. Even the fact that I couldn't share my happy moments the same way, I felt like it wasn't happening. 
I feel like I'm definitely a person who needs to share experiences and moments and like share my feelings to mm-hmm. a certain extent. And like, I didn't realize how much those like little conversations with people really affected me. Yeah, I haven't even thought about that, but that's a really, really good point. I would have a night class once a week. Mm-hmm. And so I would look forward to going into getting in there and logging on and mm-hmm. saying hi to everybody and just being like, hi, how are you? And because, and, and it would always take me a second to like, be able to talk to them because Charlie and I had just reduced to talking to each other in a series of grunts (laughs) and or like in a series of meme talk like I don't know what you mean like that's how we would talk to each other and I was like I do not know how to speak to I do not know how to form an intelligent sentence give me one second (laughs) because I would like stutter over my words yeah and I'd never thought about how yeah, like sharing the small things with people, mm-hmm. like those little moments. Because, and now that Charlie's gone throughout the day, I'm like texting him, like, oh, the cats are snuggling. It's really cute. <laughs> He's like, that's great. I'm so glad you shared that with me. Yeah. That's why Brad's been, Brad doesn't have a job where he can text me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So at first, like, I was just like texting him, like, all this stuff, like, this is happening right now. And this is how I feel right now. And this is a thing. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I need to stop doing this. Um, Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. And then I would even realize later, I'm like, why did I text that to him? But it's just something that, like, if I was in the office, I might say something mm-hmm. to somebody. And it, I never realized that because I did always think of, like, all of my personal interactions as anxiety. And I didn't realize how much I do just still talk about little things. But with that being said, my anxiety levels, especially at first, were so much mm-hmm. lower because I didn't have those daily conversations that would produce that anxiety. Even walking up to the door to my building, I'm like, oh, wait, is it a pull or a push? I don't remember. I've been doing this every day for years. And I don't remember. What if somebody sees me? And like this constant anxiety over everything. And I didn't have that anymore because I was just home. And there were like, of course, other little things that were happening day to day, but it wasn't, wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. And even driving, um, in December, I got into a car accident and driving after that caused me so much anxiety. Yeah. So driving to and from work, driving to and from my doctor appointments because of the accident, there was literally one time I was driving through traffic on the way home and I thought I was gonna have to pull over and just like cry or like catch my breath or something. Cause I was so panicky. So then in March to not have to do that anymore, was absolutely wonderful it was so good for me at the time and of course there was still like world anxiety happening but it wasn't the day-to-day little things that were constantly weighing on me which felt so good and I think actually like opened up my mind to think about other things for the first time in so long I feel the same way like going out in public is it's like those little anxieties but at the same time for me I feel like those little anxieties were a distraction from my my bigger mm-hmm. problems. So, like, a lot of stuff are, like, little triggers for me now that were never triggers for me before. And I can't help but wonder if if we weren't in a pandemic, if we weren't in quarantine, would this be triggering me? Yeah. Because now I have all this headspace to be thinking about past traumas. So, last night I wanted to listen to this band I hadn't listened to in a long time. And I was like, oh, I I used to listen to this album in high school all the time. And I literally pressed play on the first song on the album and it it started and I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Like I I had to turn it off. I had to. Trauma overload. Yes. And I was like, would I be feeling this way though if I hadn't had all of this time to like reflect on why this is triggering me and what was happening at the time when I would listen to this band and. I'm with that. I'm super super glad that I I went to therapy a couple oh, shoot at this point it was years ago mm-hmm. but I really did get to work through a lot of deeper issues or at least like bring them to light in a way that I can recognize mm-hmm. this is why I'm thinking this and this is what I should do and it's not always that simple but it did help so much and like I feel like I did enough work and self-reflection and stuff before the pandemic that that did make it a lot easier mm-hmm. for me to I feel like not have quite as many triggers or if I do I can kind of recognize them and think this is why this is happening this is what I need to do and 
I don't really help me work through that. Of course, there's still other things that come up that, um, that super affect me emotionally right now, just everything in the world. But Mm -hmm. it's not quite the same as I think it would have been if I didn't get to work through those stuff previously. Yeah. And, and therapy has helped me a lot, but it's also like how I need new coping skills for the life that I'm Mm -hmm. living currently. The life that I was living before my coping skills were fine. Um, but now it's like, I have so much time to disassociate even when I don't want to. Oh yeah. If I wasn't working right now, I think it would be a lot worse. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that like contribute to that or like aid the disassociation Mm -hmm. when I'm home, I'm home alone. There's ample amounts of time to self-reflect. And so therapy has helped with that a lot. However, so I started the quarantine with a therapist and we would, um, I had met her in person before we'd had sessions in person and then we moved to doing it over telehealth. Mm -hmm. So like video chat and we realized that our work together, that she couldn't help me in the way that she needed to. She didn't have the right focuses that Mm -hmm. she needed to, to help me. And so I had, so then I was dropped in the middle of a pandemic looking for a therapist and she didn't like drop me. She of course was like, we can keep up our appointments just so you have somebody to keep talking to while you look for somebody else. But the pressure of looking for somebody virtually yeah even just regularly is so hard and then the added fact that I can't go and meet them in person and feel their energy and Mm -hmm. feel the way that they're reacting to the things that I'm saying was really difficult um to where I kind of like I met with one woman and she was really nice she's fine um she was very expensive though so Uh. I was like oh I don't want to I don't want to do the first initial appointment Again, I can't yeah. do it. It's really difficult. So I kind of like stopped. And I know my I know my mental illness is bad when I'm like, I'm my own therapist. I do <laughs> not need somebody else. I can help myself. And but like you don't realize that yeah. you're so deep in it, you're like, I don't need help. And then you kind of come out of it and you're like, ooh, she needs some psychological help. <laughs> so I I went back to the initial woman and was like, I really liked you. I just can't afford your services. And she offered me a sliding scale of... Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. And so we did another appointment, but it was kind of like the initial appointment all over again because it had been like a month since I had oh, met with her. Yeah. But like, the, it's just so daunting to... Put it all out there. Yes. Oh my gosh, and, yeah. And just like looking for somebody, it's like, I, I do not want to go through and do all of that like it's almost like dating like you Mm -hmm. have to figure out if their vibes match yours is this person capable of helping me are there because even sometimes you get deep into several appointments and you have months and months and months of work with somebody Mm -hmm. and you realize oh I actually don't like like I had seen a therapist several years ago and realized oh, she's pushing me to do things that I have, one, never even mentioned wanting to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not comfortable with her so hard pushing me to do something. Like, it feels, like, wrong of her to do that. That can be triggering to your trauma. Exactly. (laughs) And so it it was a process. But in the end, I was like, I'm so glad I I put in that (laughs) work and realized, like, okay, I actually need, I need help. Mm -hmm. I can't, this is not healthy. Do you think that the virtual appointments are as effective as in-person appointments? So another reason I'm really excited to have my own office is because it's another space to go to where I'm like, okay, I'm going to, this is where I'm going to have my therapy sessions. So it needs to be a completely safe space Mm -hmm. because you don't realize like how space being in a place affects your, your mental, your headspace. Like, um, when you go to a therapist's office, you're like, okay, I know that this is safe. I know it's that I can... made for that. Yeah, yeah. I know I can say whatever I want. We did our most recent session and I was just sitting in the living room. Nobody was home, so it was fine. But I was still like constantly glancing out the window. Mm-hmm. Like, what if the neighbors can like see me crying? Like, it, yeah. so it, it definitely like limited that. Um, There's a lot of distractions. And mm-hmm. I feel like even, even stuff like 
if I were to have gotten into an argument with somebody in that living room, like I feel like that energy mm-hmm. would like affect me and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I used to do appointments and Charlie would be home because he wasn't at work yet. Mm-hmm. And it would definitely like limit the things that I would want to talk about because yeah. I was so worried if he were listening and not that it's that I wouldn't tell him these things, but I wouldn't tell him them in this way. Yeah. So it was like, well, it's super vulnerable in mm-hmm. a way that you're opening yourself up to the therapist, not necessarily to Charlie right mm-hmm. now, listening to maybe pieces and bits of it. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not how you want to frame it for him necessarily. Yeah. And I was glad that he would be so courteous to like, if he could hear me, he would close the door to the bedroom or That's if, nice. if he would go into the living room and listen to music or do his own thing so that he wouldn't hear me. But I also am like, at the same time, I feel bad for people who don't have that like yeah. i've seen a lot of videos of of how therapists have had to interact with their clients when somebody is they're like they don't want to say something because somebody's eavesdropping or they're afraid mm. somebody is eavesdropping on them mm-hmm. and that's another added thing to, that you don't think about yeah. that i didn't think about when the pandemic started privacy and safety yeah. and stuff like that well because some people might be going because they're in toxic relationships mm-hmm. or even their children yeah and like you, how are you going to talk to your therapist about how your children are affecting you in front of your children like yeah and it's not like you can be like okay kids go in the other room leave me alone for a little bit like they don't they don't do that no yeah like anything like that is going to be really tough yeah and and yeah just looking for a therapist doing the sessions has like it adds another level of mental exhaustion to the appointment because mm-hmm. usually like for me at least therapy is very exhausting like I leave the appointment and I'm like nobody even look at me the rest of the day yeah um but yeah like it, it's 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 just the p- pandemic adds all of these extra hoops you have to jump through just to get through your normal day or yeah. just to do a normal thing like going to therapy well, and I know how much I played off of the energy of my therapists in the past, and mm-hmm. I don't think I feel that the same in, like, a Zoom chat or something. Like, you just don't quite have that connection. You don't quite have the energy. And even, like, ending it, because there is so much heaviness. There's so much that you're putting out there, and it is so exhausting. And, like, one of the therapists that I saw that I, I loved, she would mm-hmm. always end it with, okay now let's talk about some happy things let's think some happy things let's give a hug like she always ended them with a hug not that we could right Mm -hmm. now anyway but that did just change the energy of it so much she's like okay this was very hard let's flip this around so you're not leaving like Mm -hmm. this i don't know that that would be the same if i was doing it online even if they tried to I don't know that that same energy would come across because I have a really hard time getting myself to that happier place. Mm-hmm. So her energy and saying, I'm going to, you know, we're going to hug now and all that stuff. At first, it seemed kind of like cheesy, but it really did help. Mm-hmm. It really helped. And I don't know that I would feel the same if it was through a computer. It's so awkward when you're in the middle of a really hard story or you're in the middle of a, a breakdown and, and then they freeze and you're like... <laughs> to kill the mood uh you're frozen <laughs> like i'm so sorry did you hear that do i need to start over <laughs> that's so hard i cannot tell you the number of times i'm like saying something that's really hard to say and she's like i didn't hear you can you repeat that and i'm like no oh, no i absolutely cannot repeat that that took me three days to get filled up to yeah well there's times like i would said like say something out loud like i would never said out loud before and yeah like i don't know that i could do it again oh my gosh yes Oh my god. Or <laughs> or she's in the middle of explaining how to deal with those things and, and then she freezes and I'm like, so what next? What, what do I do now? Help. Are you quitting on me? Oh gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. That's hard, man. And um if yeah, like I said earlier, I feel like I've been dealing with less things personally on a daily basis, but also bigger things mm-hmm. which feels completely different because yeah. like you were saying earlier like, i don't think i had the headspace before to fully process some of the stuff that was actually happening in the world because i was so caught up in like my day-to-day anxieties that now this stuff that's happening has been affecting me so much more than i ever thought it would oh my gosh there's been so many so much stuff happening in the world and i literally like a couple nights i just sat up in bed and like started crying and poor brad would be like 
what's wrong? What happened? I'm like, the world is just so sad. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to express myself, but I was like everything, just the world. Oh my God. I'm like tearing up just thinking about it. But yeah, I know. I also feel like the tragedies in life, I'm, I'm talking about my personal mm -hmm. tragedies, feel so much more close together because there are no peaks really mm -hmm. like the the peaks are so rare because we're not going out and hanging out with our friends or we're not going to see our family and usually those are like the happy moments yeah. those are the things you look forward to so i feel like i can chart the bad things so much easier for example i feel like the bad things started in quarantine when we had to put my cat to sleep i realized that was really hard and then, so I had to do the grieving process, which was so difficult because there were so few distractions, I guess. Yeah. And not that I couldn't have seeked them out, but it was harder. It was it was hard because I wasn't going to school. I wasn't leaving the house. So I would just sit there yeah. and think about it. And then the next thing would happen. And then the next thing would happen. It would just feel like it, was, it would never ease up. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I wonder if that's because we don't have those peaks because we're not going out we're not yeah. we're not seeing friends we're and... just like getting through our day basically yeah ruby my cat was yeah. my everything she was like my everything yeah. i loved her so deeply and just yesterday i was crying about her <laughs> because like i miss her yeah and getting through it was so difficult because I first of all I'd never experienced this level of loss before which sounds silly because I know that she's a cat like I know that oh that's how I feel about Maddie my pup yeah I look at her sometimes I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna get through life without you one day yeah she's everything to me <laughs> and it, it was it was really hard because I just I don't know it was just really hard yeah. and like dealing with the guilt, dealing with all that stuff, it felt like there was no reprieve from it. Like it just yeah. felt constant every day, every day. But therapy helped with that. It really did. Like she helped me through it, helped me through those like the roller coaster of grief yeah. and constantly wondered if we weren't in quarantine, would this be easier? Like mm -hmm. would it be because we would have more of those happy moments of going out with friends and like when she... When she passed away, I said nothing. I told yeah. nobody because it, it was too hard. I didn't tell even my best friend. I did not say anything because it was so difficult. And I was like, maybe it would be easier. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the difference would be because... I feel like not even necessarily all the happy moments, but just the normal moments. Mm -hmm. We have so few normal moments right now that even having more normalcy would make those things feel... A little different I think yeah I had a birthday over quarantine yeah which it was like I can't think of the word it was it's like one of those moments where it doesn't feel real mm -hmm. but it's happening and you're like wow I'm having a birthday over a zoom call this is so weird and I'm normally yeah. not like a big like I don't like big parties for my birthday I don't like like a lot of but this is so different yeah, yeah. it was so weird to like experience a birthday where I can't go see my mom. I can't yeah. go hang out with my sister. I can't even just go out for a drink because usually that's that's all I wanted to do was just go to a bar, hang out with my favorite people, have and a then connection go home. with people. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't even have that, and it was so weird. It's not a big birthday, like I turned twenty five, but I was still like, it's still yeah. It feels like it's missing something. Yeah. You're used to the. Every year, you've at least gone out and done something mm -hmm. with your friends. And this is a year now that everything is turned upside down. I'm actually really kind of concerned about that with our wedding that's coming up. Because mm -hmm. due to the pandemic, we have completely changed our wedding plans. We are actually supposed to get married in February of next year, which a lot of people thought it was weird that we moved it up. But um, I'm in a wedding group on Facebook and... Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people are doing because I don't think it's going to get better by February and I don't want to wait that long mm -hmm. and the entire time think, will this happen? Will it not happen? What can we plan? Are we going to plan to have people? Is it still going to end up being through Zoom and we're just going to wait six more months mm -hmm. to find out that we still can't actually have the wedding that we want? And that's the date that we're set on. Like, we were not going to postpone it. Mm -hmm. That was not an option. It was going to be, we're going to have it through Zoom with 
two people in person if we need to, but we're not going to postpone it. Yeah. And that constant anxiety of, will we have to cancel this? Can we have people? Can we even plan anything right now? Because we started with an actual wedding. We had Mm a reception space. We had the ceremony space. We ended up canceling a bunch of it because if we waited too long, we weren't going to get our money back. So we canceled that months ago at this point because it was just too much uncertain and we don't have a ton of money we're paying for this completely out of our own pockets we we had a little bit of help but it's not like they're fun they're they're not funding the wedding we're paying thousands of dollars for this thing still and in the scheme of we can try to see if it'll happen but we might lose on this money and then just everything happening in the world i realized how it's not important yeah. how that wedding really i've always dreamed of that wedding of course but it doesn't matter yeah yeah we were just at the point where we're like this stress and anxiety of this dream day that people tell you that you need to have wasn't worth it mm-hmm. so we thought we're probably gonna have to end up waiting six months just to have this through zoom anyway maybe there's a chance we could have had it in person but who knows let's just make it sooner know that we can have it there's so much uncertain stuff happening in life right now we can at least make sure that we can get married and it is still going to be through zoom we're going to have a few people here in person but very small it's at our home yeah it's not anything that i ever imagined my wedding would be but at least i know it can happen Mm -hmm. and i'm not waiting months and stressing out just to find out that it still can't happen so i'm hoping that we can still even through zoom make it slightly special like it's just so hard again to make that connection but it's about me and brad more than anything so Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that we can still make that feel special to ourselves there were many nights of crying over this is not what i ever pictured but um we're still gonna try to do like a vow renewal thing next year yeah that's what i was gonna ask if you guys were gonna do any sort of Mm -hmm. celebration and also it's not like if you decide you really do want to have that wedding, it's not like you can't you yeah. can't do that. Another thing I've learned through quarantine is that societal rules are mm-hmm. not real. None yep. of that stuff is real. You can live your life however you want to. That's been a big thing, yeah. Because it was always it was always the wedding rules where if it's something like a vow renewal or just a party later it doesn't count it's not the wedding like there were so many rules about that and about the gifts and about Mm -hmm. how you invite people and all this stuff and i felt like i couldn't do that i felt like that wasn't an option because it was breaking all of the wedding rules and eventually i'm like there are no rules right now Mm -hmm. there's nothing that really matters right now if we want to get married right now and then have a party later so all of our friends and family can actually come, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So I also, I feel awful that I know that there are friends who want to be here. Like, Brad has so many good friends. They it's ridiculous. so many friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy how many friends or boyfriends have. Fiance has. Whatever. That's still, <laughs> still such a weird word to me. He's about to, be, about to be my husband and I still have a hard time calling him fiance. Just sounds weird. I hate the word boyfriend. It feels so like high school. (laughs) So I call Charlie my partner because it feels more like what we really are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even though I still call him my boyfriend sometimes, but I hate that word for some reason. Yeah. But even fiance, fiance to me like almost sounds pretentious. Like it's my fiance. Just found like I don't know. It just feels weird. But he's about to be my husband, and I feel Mm -hmm. better about using husband than I do fiance. Yeah. But. Yeah, like, he has so many friends that were so looking forward to being there, Mm -hmm. and I feel so bad, but at least knowing that we can have a party next year, you guys can be there then, and Mm -hmm. we're still going to be married. It's it's not going to be, you know, the day, but there's so much pressure on the day anyway that I feel like it's going to be more fun just to have a party later. I also feel like, like, me personally, I build things up in my head, Mm -hmm. and I'm so prone to disappointment because of it, like... Like every big event in my life, I feel some form of disappointment because I build it up to be this thing. And like your wedding should be about you. It should be about the fact that you love each other and want to be together and you want to celebrate that in front of the people you love the most. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. And like even if we can't be there in person, it's still meaningful for it to be happening at all. Yeah, absolutely. And the people always talk about how stressful their weddings are. Always talk about it. And this, now that we have moved it, I feel so much less stress. That's good. It is, of course, still like a little stressful just to make sure everything's going to work out on that day. Make sure people are going to be there on time. Make sure that the Zoom works. But it's so much less stressful. Mm -hmm. 
And the, so far, the entire process was so stressful. And everyone kept asking about it. What are you going to do? Are you still going to have it? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. And they'd be like, I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry. And I'm like, okay, cool. Tell me to not worry right now. Okay. <laughs> I feel like even if you had a normal wedding, it would still be like that. People would still be like, so yeah. what's this going to do? What are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with that? Yeah. Like, And I'm, I'm not a very friendly person sometimes. <laughs> like, and... And I'm just like, why are you dealing with all the stress of these people? Just don't invite them. Yeah. <laughs> like if somebody stresses me out, uninvited. Yeah. But I've joked with Charlie several times that we should just elope for something to do <laughs> during quarantine. Seriously. Like, like who cares? Because yeah. I'm going to be 26 next year. I'm not going to be finished with my master's degree. So I'm not going to have health yeah. insurance. So I'm like, give me some of that health insurance. But for real, like eloping is not a bad idea. I think so, it's so romantic, to yeah. be honest. So many people, whenever I first was talking about getting married, um, were saying, oh, just elope. And I'm like, I don't want to elope. But then as I started planning the wedding, it's so freaking expensive. And there is so much pressure. There's so much of like, you have to invite this person and that person. You have to do this and that. And it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, it does not. It's not for anybody but you. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's hard to get over those like expectations Mm -hmm. like it's hard to get over the like i should have like do i really want this or do i just think i should have it yeah um i think about that all the time with weddings i don't know why i always think about it in comparison to weddings but i'm like do i want those things or should i or do i think i should have them yeah and that's a big thing I've been reflecting on in quarantine is like the shoulds versus the wants. Mm-hmm. What do, what do I think I should be doing versus what do I actually want? Yeah. Um, and I've been reflecting a lot on like my master's degree. Like, so I'm getting it in creative writing and I haven't been writing <laughs> through quarantine. And I'm like, do I actually want this? Like, or am I just wasting my time? Mm-hmm. What if I finish with my creative writing degree and I never write? I never get published. I never do this or I never do that. I never write a book or I never. Then what's the point of having spent three years to get an MFA and I don't utilize it? Like, should I quit? And I've been thinking about that so much during quarantine. And it's especially been hard to be separated from my cohort, like Mm -hmm. from the people I work with every day. And I just finally was like, I need to talk to my friend about this. And he's actually been working on his thesis i just feel like I, I should give up i should i feel so like separated i feel so isolated because writing is so isolating yeah and he was like i feel the same way i i've thought about giving up throwing all this shit away and never doing it again and i was like that makes me feel so much better yeah <laughs> like I, it's and i'm curious if the wedding is like that for you is it isolating like do you have you thought about maybe we should just like i don't know yeah there was, I went through, like, a lot of the wants and shoulds, especially at the beginning of all of this stuff. And I found that, like, there were things that I wanted, but mm-hmm. I could still get them in other ways. I I did want, like, a really warm, welcoming, pretty space. Like, uh, just that mm-hmm. feeling of, like, walking into this space with your friends. And I wanted, like, that warm candlelight and pretty flowers. And, like, I just wanted that nice feeling. But I realized I can do that in other ways. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be my wedding. Or even, like, as we get married at home, I can try to recreate that at home. Mm-hmm. Or whenever we have – we can throw, like, a fancy birthday party at some point And, yeah. like, do that there. Like, it doesn't have to be the pressure of the wedding day to have that. And there are certain things, like the dress. I could care less, really, mm-hmm. about my dress and stuff like that. It was more about the – I want it to feel nice and warm mm-hmm. and welcoming. And I'm like, I can do that in so many other ways and have so many other opportunities to have something like this in the future – and yeah, there was there was a lot of going back and forth on what these plans should be. I am actually really glad that I joined that Facebook group yeah. for the brides because I was not the only one going through that. I posted on there even like, does anyone else just want to scrap their wedding date and just, you know, do something mm-hmm. little at home like six months early? And everyone was like, yeah, that's what we're doing or that's what we did. And I felt so validated in the yeah. fact that I wasn't the only one because yeah. people who weren't getting married looked at me like I was crazy whenever I was talking about that idea. And they're like, why would you throw away the big wedding day? And why would you get rid of all that stuff? Like it might still be able to happen. That's the problem. Like I don't want the 
maybe I can still yeah. do that because it also didn't seem as appealing to me anymore. Yeah. It just wasn't what you wanted at the end of yeah, the day. It wasn't. Like, the loneliness though, like you joined that group and you felt instantly better. Mm-hmm. The loneliness of quarantine has really gotten to me, yeah. especially when Charlie went back to work. Like I would just sit in the house and like do nothing. Yeah. Like I realized I would spend like his whole work day. I had done nothing. Like I hadn't even turned the TV on. Mm-hmm. Like I would do nothing. And I talked to him about it and I was like, I just, like, I don't have very many friends. Like, I don't have, because he has Mm -hmm. so many friends. Oh, and for those of you who don't know, our partners are friends. Friends. (laughs) (laughs) So whenever we say, yeah, they have so many, Brad and Charlie are friends. They've been friends for a very long time. So they have lots of common friends. (laughs) Yeah. And Charlie was very excited about your wedding. Like, he was, yay. (laughs) Yeah. And and he still is. Like, we're really looking forward to it. It made me happy. But, I put in like in the Facebook page just so it's easier to contact people and stuff mm-hmm. about the Zoom wedding day. And it made me so happy to see people right on there like, I'm going to get dressed up and yeah. I can't wait. I'm so glad I get to be a part of this day. And I thought people would just see it as whatever. It's a mm-hmm. Zoom wedding. It doesn't matter. But to see that even a couple people were excited about it made me so happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to get dressed up. Any opportunity <laughs> to wear something that's not sweatpants or leggings, like yeah. I am there for it and I will be dressing up. <laughs> I want to attribute as much kindness and love to your big day as I possibly yeah. can because it's not about me. It's about you. You're doing what you want. And I was telling my mom that you were getting married over Zoom and she was like, oh, that she's probably sad about that. And I was like, I don't think it's really about that. I think it's like they love each other so much they want to be married. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And like that's that's the best part of it is Mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter at the end of the day. That's why I think eloping is so romantic Mm -hmm. because it's not about the flowers. It's It's literally just about you two. Yeah. But yeah, the loneliness of quarantine has gotten to me. And and again, like I've never had a lot of friends. Like it's always been really hard for me to keep friends. Mm -hmm. Like it's always been easy for me to make friends. But keeping long-term friends has been like I don't have any friends from high school. Not that I want to keep friends from high school, but like I don't have any friends from high school. I don't really have any friends from undergrad. So I started reaching out to... Doi's girlfriend Brianna Mm -hmm. and we we talk every day and I'm like maybe this is there's less pressure to be fake friends with somebody because you just happen to see them more often Mm -hmm. and so like I want to reach out to her I want to tell her things I want her to tell me things I want to be able to like connect with somebody and then you reached out to me to do this Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, yay, people actually like me. (laughs) Yeah, and it was very genuine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you're saying, yeah, there are people who I've met in life and just due to seeing each other often or due to having common friends that you kind of end up being friends, but it's not that real connection. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've been pressured to be friends with other people, with boyfriends, friends, girlfriends. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I just don't. We don't have anything in common, but like, it's exciting to actually, to be able to like, get to know you on a genuine level of like, Mm -hmm. we have things in common that we like, we have an actual like, friendship, and especially at the farm, I feel Mm -hmm. like really connected and made a friendship, and I was like, excited about that. Now there's an excuse to see people. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was really cool because, yeah, I have a hard time even making friends usually because mm-hmm. I am not good at approaching people usually mm-hmm. or, like, carrying on those conversations. Like, I might see them once at a bar out and be able to talk to them a little bit, but then I am really bad at following up and keeping that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, at the at the farm, which is, like, a big camping trip that we do every year, um, yeah, like, we would just talk and it just happened naturally mm-hmm. and it didn't feel anxiety filled didn't feel like I was trying to find something to talk about it was just happening which was great Mm because I hadn't had that in months so it was great especially friends where I feel like I don't have to constantly be like on or Mm -hmm. up for I enjoy friends where I can be like yeah yeah and then like walk away or like yeah like stop talking or like be able to have a serious conversation with yeah without it having to be like I feel like I have to constantly be entertaining and like oh yeah 
I do have a big personality. Charlie the other day told me I had a big personality, and it was the nicest thing anybody has ever said to me. And I was like, yay. (laughs) But again, like, I'm not very friendly. Like, I don't enjoy – and, like, not that I'm, I'm like, a mean person, but I just mean in the way of I don't – I don't go out of my way to Mm -hmm. speak to people. Like, I don't – And not because, like, you don't necessarily – want to because Mm -hmm. like they're not a good person or something but it just doesn't come naturally yeah i'm just not like that's how i feel like it's not like i don't want to be your friend but Mm -hmm. it's not natural for me to go through some of those motions to become friends (laughs) yeah like charlie is very friendly which is why i think he has and is able to keep so many friends i realized the other day we were out front doing yard work and the neighbors would come up and he would excitedly talk to them and I would just go inside because I was yeah. like I don't want to talk to you I that's don't that's so fun that happens here Brad talks to the neighbors all the time and if I know that the neighbors outside I'm like oh let's go back inside mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I'm not good at that conversation it yeah. makes me nervous I feel like I don't know what to talk about it just doesn't come naturally to yeah. me I just don't want to talk I just don't care. Like, what are we going to say? Like, oh, yay, we're doing yard work. Like, Yeah, like if we were to naturally have something in common, it's different than mm-hmm. trying to find something. And like I said, wanting to go up to people and, and talk and have conversation is not bad. It's just yeah. not for me. And yeah. so I will remove myself from the situation. And oftentimes that's considered rude. And yeah. I just don't care. I will go inside or I will walk away if I'm not. Mm -hmm. having a good time I'm not the type of person to and this has happened recently I think this is another product of quarantine where I'm like if I want to leave I will leave yeah like instead of sitting there like oh I want to leave but I don't want to leave because that's rude like I should be thinking things about me yeah yeah like we play D&D and the other and the other day I was like I'm done playing I'm I don't want to play anymore and the game hadn't finished yet I just don't want to play anymore and so I walked away (laughs) that is okay it's okay to just be like I'm done playing. I'm not having fun anymore. I want to go lay down. Yeah. And that is okay. And I feel like that's a product. Like, I've learned that through quarantine. Like, I don't have to always be on mm-hmm. all the time. Or I always thought that I would miss out on something. I, yes. I don't really feel like that anymore. Yes. I think also that's come with age as well. <laughs> yeah. FOMO used to be so real. Yeah. And I would never really miss out on anything. And now, even if I do, I can hear somebody talk about it later and be like, that's cool. And like, I don't feel like I missed out by not actually being there. Um, we should probably start wrapping up. We're over oh. an hour. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We had a lot to talk about we today. Really did. <laughs> I, it feels good to talk about it too, yeah. because like I said, like the only person I really see is Charlie and we're just kind of like, mm. yeah. Mm? Mm. <laughs> like, and that's our conversation. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like I could even keep going on to talk about more stuff. Maybe we'll have... I mean, quarantine's still happening. We can definitely have a part two to this. I don't think it's going to be ending anytime soon. Yeah, we could do a post, going back to school, post-wedding. Oh, yeah. um, To update, that would be really cool. Yeah, I Um, feel like my quarantine is going to be different now that I'm not going to be thinking about this wedding. mm -hmm. Because we got engaged at the end of February, so almost right afterwards, all this stuff went down. So, like, my entire quarantine so far has been trying to plan a wedding, planning a backup wedding, planning another backup wedding, and then planning a Zoom wedding. So I think after this month, it's going to be very, very different. I'm yeah. not going to have as much stuff to look forward to or like yeah. things on my mind to keep my mind from wandering. So I feel like this is going to be a lot different. And I will have more things on my mind. I am going to start We're writing switching a thesis. Places. <laughs> I know. I'm so scared to write a thesis. Like, oh my God, what, yeah. is, what does that even entail? I have no idea. I have not asked yet. I'm too scared to. <laughs> you just know that you need to, but yeah. don't know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll have to do a check-in. Yeah. How has your guys' quarantine been? Have there been any new projects that you, that you guys have started? Obviously, we started a podcast in quarantine. Which, again, I don't think I would have done otherwise. Mm-mm. I really don't think I would have. I think that, again, not having those, like, daily anxieties opened up my mind to actually doing something like this and going through with it. Uh, the thing about me putting things out there is I'm so afraid of people being mean mm-hmm. back or, like, like judging me or seeing yeah. me. I don't like people knowing I exist, I guess. is like and we're so, putting it all out there yes, now. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. In that, and, but I'm excited. Like, I don't yeah. feel fear about it. Yeah, I'm not. 
actually scared. And my thing is, yeah, people, some people aren't going to like this. It's not going to be for them. Mm -hmm. They can move on then. Yeah, don't, that's, um, I love the podcast Small Town Murder, and they're always like, if you don't like it, why are you listening to it? Like, go away. (laughs) Why are you listening just to complain? Yeah. But even if we get 10 people that listen to this and enjoy it, Mm -hmm. I feel good about that. Me too. Yeah. 10 people... Even if they're our friends, that we are, you know, and they just feel <laughs> Even bad if they're for only us. our friends. <laughs> um, we again are going to be putting out podcasts right now every other week, coming out on Wednesdays. However, in October, we're looking to do an every week October. Well, now we're putting it on the podcast. We really have to do it. Yes, we do. That's so scary. <laughs> we're holding ourselves accountable. Throughout October, we're actually wanting to tell some ghost stories, too. So we want some real ghost stories here. It'd be great if it was from people that we knew or people who at least listened to this, even if it is only people that we know listening to this right now. (laughs) Even if that's the crossover. (laughs) Email your ghost stories to letsmanifestthat at gmail.com. You can also send them um, through direct message to our Instagrams if that's easier for you. Uh, my Instagram is Cody, C-O-T-Y dot Dawn. I was going to say at Instagram.com. I don't, that's it, though. That's it. Cody Dawn. <laughs> that's it. And mine is at Sydney Jean the Vampire Queen. And Instagram's the only social media I think either of us have, really. Basically. I will try to put those in the description. I'm still learning. I'm pretty sure I can do that. So I'll, I'll put all that stuff in the description. Unless I can't, then it won't be there. But yeah, we're looking to do some some witchcraft practice talk, um, demons, poltergeists, possession stories. Satanic panic. Satanic panic. We're going to have some good stuff coming in October. And that's it for today, guys. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.